everyone said? Of course, how many texters we got in the house? How many people be texting? You tech, all right, praise the Lord. That's about 80% of us. About four or five years ago, I finally turned that corner where I began to learn how to text. It's interesting. I remember when people would text me, I would call them back. <laughs> and my wife had to be like, honey, you don't have any etiquette. When somebody texts you, they don't want you to text them back. Well, I couldn't process that because I didn't know how to text. I'm like, well, I got to call them back. <laughs> well, over time, I obviously have learned how to text people, and I'll never forget. So anytime I get confused, I get a curveball thrown at me during texting, I'll go to my daughters typically, and I'll say, hey, um, what does this mean? You know, and um, I'm like, I see this, somebody put, sent me a text that said, OMG, and they're like, dad, that means, oh my God. I'm like, okay. You know, I would see things like SMH, and I'd be like, Mariah, what, what does this mean? You know, she'd be like shaking my head. And so, I'll, you know, so these last four or five years, I've turned the corner, if you will. But today, I want to look at a few, because, you know, I like to, as a pastor, I want to be relevant, you know, you know, to everybody that walks through these doors. And so I think this will be fitting today from some of the scriptures I'm going to hit today, because some of the scriptures I'm gonna, we're going to be looking at are some OMG scriptures. In other words, there's some of those what I would call, oh, my God, moments, amen. Just like today, we're going to be looking at the life of Paul. But a lot of you know before Apostle Paul was Paul, his name was Saul. But anytime God back in the day was going to do something significant in someone's life, there was times where he would change their name. How, for instance, he changed Abram's name from Abram to Abraham, you know, who's the father of the faith. And then, of course, here it is. You got Jacob, which means uh, uh, supplanter and trickster in the Hebrew. But then God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. And then we see here in the New Testament, here it is a gentleman by the name of Saul. God eventually changes his name to Paul, amen. So today we're going to look at the life of Saul slash Paul's life, amen, because again, the title is called Crazy But Chosen. How I many you know God, 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 sometimes his selection process can be interesting? And you say, well, pastor, what's, what's, what's interesting about his selection? Because it seems like God always zeroes in on wrong people, people that we didn't now, correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody had to teach you how to do wrong. Wrong was just in your pores. Even David said, I was conceived in iniquity, shaping in iniquity, amen? When we really look at our, over the course of our life, nobody really had to teach us how to sin. It was just in our DNA. Can I get a witness? Nobody had to teach you how to lie. That was just in you. Now we got to keep it in check. Come on, somebody. Amen? And, and I can go on and on. There's just, because Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 says that the iniquities of our forefathers will visit us. That doesn't mean you have to embrace it, but it's going to visit you. Can I get a witness? Amen? And so at the end of the day, um, again, his, his selection, his selection stuff, just, it, it interests me how God will go after wrong people. He will go after confused people. He will go after the least likely people. Amen. And I believe a lot of the reason why he does that is because ultimately he wants to get the glory. He wants you to sit back and be like, now, that's God. That's why he's using us because he knows when we look in the mirror, you'd be like, that's, that ain't nothing but God. 
You know within yourself you can't even take the credit because you ain't that smart. You ain't got it going on like that. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen? You know if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, you would be a hot mess. You still be confused. But I'm so glad that he's a God of a second chance. So, so when, I, when, I, when, I, when I look back at, at, at the life of Paul and Saul, and you, you, it's interesting again how his selection process can be interesting. Um, so let's look at the life of Saul. As a matter of fact, let's pick up in verse 1. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 1. It says, let's just give you a little history about Paul. It says, uh, Saul, still breathing threats and uh, murder, not only threats, but murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priests. Then it says, and, and, and he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found anyone uh, who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, here it is. Paul slash Saul, he's killing Christians before he becomes a Christian. Here it is. He's God's biggest opponent, but over time becomes God's biggest advocate. Very interesting because even us in this room, that we were his biggest opponent, where he wasn't even on our radar now, here we are, 2016, September 11th, we're some of God's biggest advocates on the earth. Because when I look around this room, I know you're not a closet Christian. Come on, if everybody else done came out the closet, my God in heaven, how much more should people know that we are salt and light in the earth? How much more should people know that you were fearfully and wonderfully made, created in God's image and created in his likeness, amen? Do I have anybody here today that knows that you are seed of Abraham, amen? And that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and there's no shame in my game that when it's all said and done, I'm gonna let you know who I am and whose I am. I'm like, shoot, if everybody else then came out the closet, do I need to say any more? People better know who you are and whose you are. So here it is. You got Saul breathing threats, murdering people. You know, here it is. If you read his pedigree, the Bible says in the book of Galatians, matter of fact, go to Galatians 3 and 5 real quick. I believe it's Galatians. Uh, yeah, chapter, check this out. I think this is it. Galatians uh, 3 uh, 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 and 5. Maybe that ain't it. We'll find it later. It's somewhere in Galatians. But I know this, that when you look at his pedigree, this brother, the Bible says he was Hebrew of Hebrews. He was a, 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 a tribe of Benjamin. I mean, the Bible talks about how he was a Pharisee and talks about how basically he came, he knew Hebrew language and, you know, he came from a family that was very influential and all of that stuff. So the pedigree that he had was phenomenal, amen? And, but I love how he talks in Philippians. He says, but I count it all dung. You know what I'm saying? Now they put it up. Go ahead, put it up. Let's see it. Oh, Philippians 3, I had Galatians 3, 5. But it says, circumcised on the eighth day, the stock of Israel, of the, and he was of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee. So this brother knew the law like he knew the back of his hand. So when it came to that, and that's why he was so adamant about what he believed. And so he really thought he was doing 
God a justice when he was really doing him a disjustice. He realized that, you know what? Over time, he realized he was wrong. Matter of fact, let's get into this in more depth. Look at this. So look, pick up in verse uh, 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 three. It says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But in an instant that a light shone from heaven, he falls to the ground, because every once in a while, I believe that in order for God to get your attention, you need to fall. If you really look at the course of your life, and how you really got your act together, God had to knock you on your donkey. And that's literally what's taking place with Paul slash Saul. God knocks him off his high horse, if you will. Amen? And he got a light shining on him from heaven. Then it goes on and says, Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you have persecuted. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. Then it says, So he trembled and he was astonished. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, he got his attention now. Because I believe that what literally was taking place with Saul is he had an encounter. I believe that in this day and time that we live in, that if you really want God to really do something with you, you got to be open to having an encounter. And so, matter of fact, there's times when you ain't even open when that's when God will do it. Can I get a witness up in here? Anybody ever had an encounter? Uh-huh. Most of you know, my encounter was 21, 22 years ago in Madison Street Jail facing 7 to 21 years. I, that was an encounter. I'm like, wait a minute. All of a sudden, I found me one of them Gideons. Y'all know the Bible, they have them at hotels and they have them in the jail cells. I found one of them real quick. All of a sudden, I became a walking Bible. <laughs> But that was my encounter because God had to knock me on my donkey. Come on, somebody, to get my attention. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying on today? Amen? Somebody say, but God. So we see here, Saul has an encounter. Because when God calls you, the word called, the word chosen means to be preferred. It means to be hand-selected. Usually when God prefers you and hand-selects you, amen, you have to have an encounter during that time. So we see him, he's having an encounter. And then I like this, it goes on, verse 7, it says, uh, And the men who, were journey, who journeyed with him, they stood speechless. Speechless meaning... They, they, they were lost of words because they saw their friend have an encounter. And that's what happened. Most of us in here, when you had your encounter and people begin to see you begin to transform, they were speechless. They were lost for words. There are people that I ran the streets with that are still lost of words because they can't believe I'm not the same Reggie. But when you have an encounter, you can't go back to who you used to be. Can I get a witness up in here? Hallelujah. There are certain lifestyles you like, I ain't going, mm -mm, the devil is alive. Amen? So we see here he, he has an encounter, and his friends in verse 7 are even speechless. Then Saul rose from the ground, and, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by his hand, and they brought him into Damascus. 
and he was there for three days without sight, neither ate nor, 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 nor drank. Then it says, uh, now, now there was a certain disciple of Damascus, uh, a man named Ananias, and, 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 and to him uh, the Lord had said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise, go to a street called Straight to inquire at the house of Judas uh, for one called Saul of, Tars, or, of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, Lord, somebody say, Lord, Lord. I've heard from many, not, not, not just one person, but I've heard from several people about this man, how much harm he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he's a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. In other words, God was saying, Ananias, I understand where you're coming from. And I know, Ananias, you're a man of God, you're a disciple, and I understand that you have a red flag concerning who I want to use. See, that's where we can't be in the equation. We got to be like, okay, God, if that's who you choose to use, Lord, do you. Has he been doing a good job of doing him since time? And he don't need nobody help when it comes to his selection committee. That's why we don't have one here at Kingdom, praise the Lord. But nevertheless. <laughs> so here it is. God was basically telling Ananias, listen, I'm sticking to my guns. That's why I'm omnipresent. That's why I'm king of kings and lord of lords. At the end of the day, I mean, because to be honest with you, Ananias had a legitimate complaint. Because he's like, wait a minute, Lord. He's like, you know, this brother didn't cause a lot of harm to your saints. That this brother's kicking butt and taking names, having people offed, killed, and you want me to go do what? This is the last person I need to go lay hands on. Matter of fact, I need to lay hands on them all right. Anybody ever had to lay hands on somebody? Oh, y'all don't know. Some of y'all will catch that in the car. Have you ever had to lay hands? <laughs> Have you ever had to two-piece somebody? Come on, somebody. Let me, let me modernize it. So this is what's going on. So Ananias is like, wait a minute. This man has caused great harm to your saints. I mean, this brother is an enemy of the cross. He's an enemy of everything that you stand for. He is not for the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He's an enemy of the cross. But God's like, put the 15 up. Look what God said. God said, but the Lord said, I believe when the enemy wanted you, but the Lord said, Mm -hmm. So he says, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. How many of you know you're his? You belong to him. I don't care what the devil has tried to say. I don't care what you've tried to do. Even when you tried to break up with him, you said, you mine. I ain't never broke up with him. I'm, yeah, when you left him. Can I? Do I need to go scripture? Jeremiah 3.14, he said, I'm married 
to the backslider. So even when you leave him, you're still his. So he said he's a chosen vessel of mine, which lets me know that our Heavenly Father, he takes ownership when it comes concerning you and I. Can I get a witness? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that he took ownership of me when I was a hot mess. Come on. When you and I were stuck on stupid and parked on dumb, he still took ownership of you and I because he knew the end from the beginning that he would flip the script in our life and would begin to use us for his glory. Do I have anybody in the building that knows that you are a chosen and vessel and that you belong to him? Somebody give God a praise in this place. Slap somebody and say, I know I'm chosen. I know I'm chosen. Yeah, I've made some mistakes. I, yeah, I already know that I haven't done anything right. I know that there was times that the spirit of confusion hit me. And there was times I was in my season doing what I wanted to do. But I knew at the end of the day, I was chosen. Hand selected. Preferred by God. Look at this. I love this scripture. Check this out. Look at this. Uh, go to, go to, uh, 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 uh. Uh, Isaiah uh, uh, 50, uh, go to Isaiah 55 uh, and, and 7, 55 and 7. Look at this, Isaiah. Uh, uh, it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. Look at that, he's telling the wicked and he's telling the unrighteous. Because it's interesting because when he's talking about the unrighteous, he's talking about people that fall weak. But what the blessing is that he's talking to even people that are wicked. Because how many of you know there's a difference between being weak and wicked? See, there were some of us that was weak, but thank God we wasn't wicked. But then there's some of us that was wicked. It's the wicked ones that, that, that take laps around the church. Because they like, I know, girl, if it had not been for Jesus. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? That's why when somebody, they start dancing and bucking, you don't know what God brought them out of. Don't be trying to get, don't be looking at them sideways because you don't know they could have been plotting wicked schemes and just wicked out their mind. And God kept them for such a time as this. So go, go, go back to that text. So it says, let the wicked forsake his way and, and the righteous, uh, unrighteous uh, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. Mercy meaning he gives us what we don't deserve and to our God for he will abundantly, somebody say abundant, abundantly, pardon. Anybody know you've been pardoned from some stuff? Even it's interesting if you Google here recently, our president has been pardoning different people that, that got life sentences behind marijuana charges. Here lately, there's a gentleman that plays for the Denver Broncos. He's a wide receiver. You get a chance, you can look it up. They just pardoned his mom and his grandmother. Do your research. And not only those two, but there's been several others who had a life sentence that he has pardoned. You say, Pastor, why do you bring that up? It's because he even realized that, that the, the, the sentence that they got was too harsh. Maybe that judge was just having a bad day or something. Come on. How many know it's not good to catch a judge on a bad day? If anybody, I've seen, I've been sentenced before, and I was saying, Lord, Jesus, let him have a good day with his wife, and 
let them have a cup of coffee over eggs and some toast. And Lord, when he walk in here, just let him just be smiling from ear to ear. Because if him and his wife have an argument, there's a potential he might come and just take it out on everybody. We know the minimum was seven, but we're going to give you 21. I mean, you know, that's not a good day. That's, that's like half your life, a quarter of your life. So long story short, I love how he ends it by saying that if the unrighteous come to me, the wicked come to me, I'm going to pardon you. Anybody know you've been pardoned of some stuff? That some charges have been dropped because of the blood? Anybody know that there's power in the blood? Amen? That you, you, you've had some lust charges dropped it. Some fornication charges have been dropped. Some adultery charges have been dropped. Some lying charges have been dropped. Alcoholism charges have been dropped. That's why Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. We don't have to live in our history anymore because now we're in our destiny. That's why Paul said in Philippians 3 and 13, he said, I'm forgetting those things that are behind me. I'm not going to be reminiscing and thinking about something that I did 25 years ago and then I'm still feeling bad about it when God already didn't forgave me. I've been pardoned from some stuff. Anybody know in this building that you don't have to live in your past because you've been pardoned? Matter of fact, somebody's come bring up your past and throw it in your face. You better be like, pardon me. Did you hear what I said? Pardon me, but those charges was dropped 22 years ago. Yeah, I did it, but I'm grateful that I serve a God. The Bible says in Lamentation chapter 3 that his mercies are new every morning. Anybody know you woke up to a brand new mercy this morning? I don't know about you, but that brings a smile to my face. It, it causes me to smile from ear to ear knowing that God doesn't hold my sins against me. Mm-hmm. There it is. They are new. Somebody say new. new. Every, put that up. Every morning. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Anybody know he's been faithful to you? I'm talking about when you weren't even faithful to him. Come on, somebody. He was faithful to you. If God wanted to, he couldn't throw you away. How's that, Pastor? Because Hebrews 13, 5 said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Amen? There it is, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. So, um, Ananias, back to him. He had a concern, but God still said, this is a chosen vessel. I know he doesn't do everything right, but he's chosen. I know there's times he gets confused, but he's chosen. I know sometimes those people get crazy over there at kingdom, but they're chosen. Somebody say chosen. Mm-hmm. Then he pardoned us which means he forgave us, that he had mercy on us. I like this. He excused us of our offense. Mm, mm, mm. Then put up Isaiah 43. Remember, look at this, 43 and 1. Look at this real quick. He said, but now, thus says the Lord, who I created you, O Jacob. How many know he created us? He knew when he created Jacob, he was a mess. You look up Jacob's name in the Hebrew, it means trickster. It means supplanter, which literally takes you to the word con artist. Brother, what, this brother, come on. He tricked his brother Esau out of a bowl of soup. Gave him a bowl for his birthright. We really should be saying the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Come on. 
Read your Bible. But we say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and what? Jacob. Which lets me know that God still loves us. It didn't say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. He said, I'm going to still leave Jacob up there just so the ones that have been written off will know they still got a chance. The ones that are orphans will know that they still got a chance. The ones that think that they was a has-beens, that they will know that they still have a chance. So he said, I'm going to let my folk know I'm the God of Abraham, who was a liar. That's my sister. Do I need to say any more? Isaac, another liar. Come on, somebody. Then you got Jacob. This brother was a liar on steroids. That's why his butt got tricked. Remember? Remember his uncle Laban was like, I got Rachel, Leah, but he's like, I'm going to work for, shoot, where them dishes at? I'm going to work for Rachel. She's so fine. She looked like Beyonce. And then he get drunk, had a few too many. Jacob, he in the tent chilling. He wakes up. He thinking it's Rachel. It's Leah. See y'all. He go, Laban. What's going on? I work for Rachel. I wake up to Whoopi Goldberg. I've been, I've been working for Beyonce. Laban was like, oh, my bad, man. The custom here is that you... <laughs> he said, wait a minute. He said, the custom is that you got to take the eldest daughter. He was like, but that wasn't the, the, the dialogue that we had seven years ago. Look at the bad hand he was dealt. He had to work some more, though. He wound up getting Rachel because, hey, listen, if, it's, if you feel like it's your destiny, you'll do what you got to do. But he wound up having to carry Leah around, though. If you do any research on Leah, her name, and do some in-depth study, her name means cross-eyed. One translation even uses the word cow, wild cow. Anybody has some wild cows? Don't look, don't just look straight. Don't even raise your hand. The cameras is rolling. Well, y'all need to thank God for some wild people that he delivered you from. We need to just take a five second praise break and thank God for some relationships that went south. Come on. Some of y'all's about to kill that joker. Some of you men was about to go crazy. Thank God for Jesus. Can I get a witness up in here? <laughs> Woo. That's why I love the Bible. The Bible is an interesting book. <laughs> but go back to 43.1. I didn't even get to finish this. It says, I created you, old Jacob. Even though you a hot mess, Jacob, even though you a trip, even though you a liar, even though I already know you're going to trick your brother with a bowl of soup out of his birthright, I still created you, old Reggie. Is that what it say? <laughs> then it says, and he who formed you, old Israel, because he said, I created Jacob, but I formed Israel. Same person, created Reggie, 
but I formed Pastor Steele. You better hear what I'm saying on today, people of God. You need to thank God. Yes, he created you, but you need to give God a shout that he formed you. Come on. When you was in transition and you was a hot mess, he loved you so much that he said, I'm still going to form you. I'm still going to form you because I see your potential. I see your destiny. I can't throw you away because I see what's on the inside of you. Somebody need to give God a praise that he formed you. That he didn't throw you away, but that he kept you and preserved you for such a time as this. Somebody give God a big shout in this place. Slap somebody say, I'm glad he formed me. Because if he just would have created us and said, well, it is what it is, we all in trouble. But he said, oh, Jacob, I created you. But Israel, I formed you. Put that up. I formed you. I formed you, oh, Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Woo! I redeemed you. Now I've made you one with me. Then it says... I've called you, I've hand-selected you, I've preferred you by your name. He's even okay with your name. You so blessed, you ain't even got to change your name. Thank God for the blood, amen? I've called you by your name. You are mine. In other words, I've taken ownership of you. I know every issue you already got. I know you a hot mess. Mm-hmm. See, and us being a hot mess, it really wasn't even our doing. Let me give you case in point. Years ago, I was counseling somebody, and, you know, he would tell me, he would say, Pastor, now this is kind of interesting. He would say, I come home sometime, and I just dress up as a woman. So, you know, I had to do some in-depth counseling. I had to really get into his psyche and really helped get him detox of that spirit. But then after our fourth or fifth meeting, he said, Pastor, I found something out here recently. He said, I found out my great-grandfather, who I never met, but I've been told by some great-great-aunts that he used to dress up like a woman. See how stuff get passed down? That's why sometimes when your kids, when they tell you they did something, you be like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Rabashike, Dabahashe. Did y'all just hear what I said? That, I, mean, I can interpret that. Lord Jesus, help us. Help him. Because if a little bit of me got on him, you feeling me? That's why even when these kids get older, they start making mistakes like we did, we can't be so quick to condemn. You better be quick to say, let me pray with you right now. Come on, I was praying with my son on the way home, like, Lord, keep him in the name of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Because some of the stuff that was on you will jump on them. Not my little bookie. He's just three. Wait till he get 13. Start smelling himself a little bit. And the first girl that say, mmm. You think he gonna be running to you? Mommy. Oh, y'all ain't ready for me this morning. Y'all don't want to hear about that other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Shoot, I remember years ago, my 24-year-old, when he, he was 17, was having an issue, and the parents was having to come and meet with me and my wife. And they were like, Pastor, they did it again. <laughs> Y'all can probably pick up what color they were. They did it again. <laughs> I had to be like, Zay, leave this girl alone. He like, Dad, I ain't gonna lie, my nose is wide open. I said, that's why I told you, don't ever go there. You, all level I got over, somebody over there went, Ooh! I know, sister. Because how many of you know once that get out the gate, it's hard to go retrieve it. Come, come back. Oh, y'all ain't, y'all super spiritual up in here. Y'all acting all saved with these jerseys on. You better loosen up. You better, you at kingdom. We talk about relevant stuff. We talk about real stuff. That even though you've been chosen and selected and preferred, there's still stuff in your body that still jumps around every once in a while. It's called that soul on the inside of you. That's a trip that you got to keep in check. Because if you let it out the gate, it's hard to go get them back. That's when you got to be like, well, Lord, you said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. You got to put on the mind of Christ. And even when you got the mind of Christ on, your thoughts, your mind still be all over the place. You got to be like, uh-uh. You got to cast down every imagination, the Bible says. Can I get it? That's why we got to know the word of God, because the word of God is for the people of God. But thank God for deliverance. Thank God that he didn't just leave us in the created form. But he says, I'm not going to just create you, but I'm going to form you. And even when you make mistakes, you're still chosen. He preaching to 80-something teenagers right now. And next service, he's going to be preaching to another 60 to 65 teenagers. So just because you make a mistake doesn't disqualify you. If that's the case, we all in trouble. Did you hear what I said? So... I've heard people say, well, pastor, can you lose your gift, your call, or lose, you know, what God wanted to do in you and through you and for you? You can't lose that. But what you can do is you can abort it by not doing what you're supposed to do on your part because you got to play your part. God didn't just part the Red Sea. He told Moses, stretch your hand toward it because if you do the natural, then God does the super because super is always trying to hook up with natural but faith without works is works in the Greek means action. You can't just be sitting around talking about, I'm just waiting for the Lord. No, James chapter 4 verse 8 says, if you draw near to God, he said, then I'll draw near to you. So he's looking for somebody to take some initiative. You just can't be sitting around being idle. I'm just waiting on Jesus. What if I would have been like, I'm just waiting on Jesus to um, put these air-conditioned units in for $323,000. Nope, I kept coming to y'all saying, if we don't get this air-conditioned unit, we all going to die. <laughs> Raise your hand if you was here during that season. About 90% of y'all. And finally, we raised $323,000. Now we got some air blowing in here. That's why I better not hear nobody say nothing. It's too cold. You better shut up. <laughs> you missed that season. We was up in here about to die. 
of a heat stroke. And then I'm preaching three times about to check out of here, about to have a stroke. <laughs> I got to get to my text. So number one, what oh, oh my God moments are in here? What OMG moments stick out? The one is when he has an encounter on Damascus Road. Number two, the other OMG moment is when Ananias is saying, wait a minute, he's done great harm. I've heard from many that he's done great harm to the saints. And then God says, uh, but the Lord said, go for he's a chosen vessel of mine. To me, that's an OMG moment. To say, yes, I know his past. Yes, I know he kills Christians. Yes, I know he's a hot mess. Yes, I know he's a Pharisee of Pharisees and he's from the tribe of Benjamin. And I know everything about him. I know his pedigree. I'm not even moved by all that. At the end of the day, is I'm a, he's my greatest opponent, but he's getting ready to become my greatest advocate. He's getting ready to do my will. So those are some OMG moments. Then look at verse 17. And Ananias went his way, and he entered the house, laying his hands on him, and he said, Brother Saul, even called him brother, thank God, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road uh, uh, as you came, has sent me. Because see, when God's trying to get you in alignment with him, he'll always send somebody. So he said, he sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the Holy Spirit is there to seal the deal. Because without the Holy Spirit, you can't do nothing. Because it's the Holy Spirit that's aiding us and assisting us, amen? Matter of fact, put up Romans 8.11 real quick. Uh, Romans 8.11, look at this. Romans 8.11, that's why we need the Spirit of God. Look at this. Uh, 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 uh. It says, uh, 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 but, but if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, somebody say you, so that spirit of God is dwelling in you. Then it says, he, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. First thing he does is he says, wait a minute, he's a chosen vessel. He's going to bear my name. He's mine. Number two, go lay hands on him, amen, and so he can start seeing again. Because he, he had that spirit of tradition on him, had that spirit of religion on him. You know what I'm saying? Because he had good intentions, he was just doing the wrong thing. Anybody been there before? You had good intentions, but you was doing the wrong thing. Can I get a witness up in here? You was going to marry her, you was going to wipe her up. You had good intentions. Oh, y'all didn't just, y'all just, y'all didn't check out on me. Don't sit up here in this church and act like you ain't done nothing wrong, but you had good intentions. But God's like, come on, me and my wife, we didn't wait. We didn't walk down the aisle with, well, she had a white dress on, but she shouldn't have had it on. We already didn't had a baby and got another baby on the way. So it was a shotgun wedding. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, y'all done lost everybody in here. Because she looking at me, she like, what you going to do now? I always had good intentions. But you know how you put stuff off? Come, Girl, you know I'm going to marry you. You know you. So here we are, 26 years, be December, 
and then 23, 24 married this March. But my point, I had good intentions. <laughs> you know how we as people put delay on stuff? Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. <laughs> let me, well, I'm making some people feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because some of y'all women like, like, I'm still waiting, Pastor, for him. He all up in your church talking about he got good intentions, but right after church, he got an expectation. Somebody say, put a ring on it. I didn't put some pressure on somebody. <laughs> but back to my point that this gentleman has an encounter, and then God says he's a chosen vessel of mine. He's going to bear my name. Matter of fact, go lay hands on him so he can see. And then when you lay hands on him, he's going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you know without the Holy Spirit, we would be stir crazy. Without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't be able to keep our flesh in check. Without the Holy Spirit, we'd be all over the place. Then look at this, Acts 4, 31. So we already read, so he says, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells in our mortal body. But look at this one, look at this, I like this one, look at this. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. See, that's why the enemy does not want the people of God to pray. Because the minute you begin to pray, you will begin to shake some things up. Matter of fact, when you begin to pray, things will begin to come in alignment. Anybody ever just got on your face and you begin to pray and say, God, I need you to shift some things in my life. And then all of a sudden, you feel a shaking and take place. And then here it is, God begin to get everything in alignment. But look at this, look at this, look at this. It says, and, and it says they prayed at the place where they were assembled together, was shaken, and they were all, somebody say all. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. So when Ananias laid hands on Saul slash Paul, not only did he get filled with the Holy Spirit, but a spirit of boldness came over him. Why? Because look what happens in verse 20. We're almost done. Then it says, verse 19, so it says, uh, uh, so when they received the food, he was strengthened because he hadn't eaten in three days. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Now look at verse 20. Somebody say immediately. He preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the son of God. Look at these OMG moments. He has hands laid on him. Even verse 19, uh, 18, uh, the Bible says uh, scales uh, fell from his eyes. And it says in, in, in verse uh, uh, 18, 17, he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. But in an interesting, in verse 20, he's, now he steps into his calling. That's an OMG moment. That's an oh my God moment. And then look what the next verse says. Look at this. Verse 21, and we're going to stop here. Then all, somebody say all, all. Who heard were amazed. They were amazed, church. And they said, is this not the uh, one who destroyed those who called on the name in Jerusalem and has come here from that, for that purpose so that we might bring uh, 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 them bound to the chief priest? This is, this is him, y'all. The one that was a hot mess. Go, go back to that scripture, though, where it says they were amazed. Then all who heard were 
amazed. The word amazed means they were astonished, they were surprised, they were stunned, they were dumbfounded, they were shocked, they were uh, uh, dazed, they were speechless, which means they were lost of words. And it says also the word amazed means that they were, they, they were taken away. I believe that God's going to use you all and me. People are going to be amazed. I'm believing God, people of God, in this next chapter of your life is going to be the greatest chapter in your life. How many of you believe that on today? That your next chapter will be your best chapter. I prophesy that in the name of Jesus. For the Bible says, if you believe in God, he said, I'll establish you. But if you believe my prophet, he said, I will prosper you. I'm telling you, your next chapter will be your best chapter. That's why you've had to go through some hell in this other chapter. But I'm here to tell you, as you're coming out, and you're going into this next chapter, you're going to see God's hand move in your situation like you've never seen before. There's going to be people that are going to be amazed. They're going to be speechless. They're going to be dumbfounded. What God is getting ready to do for you because eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has an answer into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Come on and give them a 30 second praise in this place. I believe something's getting ready to shift even right now in the atmosphere. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that me and you are getting ready to step into a new chapter in the name of Jesus that this next chapter God is getting ready to do exceedingly, abundantly, above more than you can even imagine or even think. Somebody bless God one more time in this place. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to be amazed. What God is getting ready to do is going to cause people to be dumbfounded. Because they knew you in your BC before Christ's days. They're going to be like, well, you was the one that was the ringleader at the party. Matter of fact, you was the one, the party didn't start till you got here. And now God is doing what? You had an encounter of what? He chose you. He preferred you. He hand-selected you. Look at your neighbor and say, why not you? Why not you? If God used Peter, a liar, why not you? If God used a harlot named Rahab, why not you? If God used Abraham, amen, who was a mess, who pushed him, uh, or Moses, I'm sorry, pushed a man off a cliff to his death and went into the wilderness for 40 years and came back and led the children of Israel out of Egypt, why not you? You know God specializes in using messy people, right? That he will take a mess and make you a miracle that he will take a mess and make you a messenger in his kingdom. Look what happened in there. The Bible says immediately he began to preach that Jesus was the son of God. God totally flipped his script. I believe God's getting ready to flip somebody's script in this building. I prophesy that in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you God will flip it. He will flip it. Everybody God used was imperfect which makes you and I candidates to be used by him. What a blessing that none of them live 
100% holy except one man, and his name was Jesus. So we in good company when you start reading through this Bible, start reading about all these convicted felons. Read the, read the Bible. These folks is lying and committing adultery and killing folk. Can I get a witness? And God was still using them because he specializes in using messy people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, seal this word in our hearts today. Seal this word in our minds. Lord, as the message was called, crazy but chosen, we're so grateful for all these OMG moments in the Bible that Paul had an encounter that you chose him, that you had Ananias come and lay hands and cause him to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can guide him and direct him. And then immediately he starts preaching the gospel. Lord, we thank you that none of us are too far from you, that you can use us. What a blessing. Maybe you're in this 930 service. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If that's you today, if you're in this building.